Welcome to Vertical with Veter, a podcast exploring the latest in vertical storage solutions. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Vertical with Veter, a Veter Solutions podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. Make sure that as you're listening along, you are heading to storevertical.com. Again, storevertical.com. That's our Veter website where you can find more information on our solutions and services and other Veter content. But also make sure that you're subscribing to Vertical with Veter on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for a full catalog of previous episodes, as well as notifications when we drop new ones. So on today's episode of the podcast, we're getting to know some of Veter's finest to understand some of our work refining and innovating on vertical lift machines. As market pressures from sustainability initiatives to growing fulfillment demands continue to be added on top of various different industries, VLMs have become a straightforward way to reimagine workfloor space, productivity, and safety, to name a few. So today, we're connecting the dots between today's industry needs, our VLM, and the innovations taken to deliver a vertical lift machine from scratch. For insights, we're introducing you all to our engineering team, Dimitri Caldera, Director of Engineering, and Brady Paulson, Electrical Technologist, both with Veter. Dimitri, Brady, great to have you both on. How are y'all doing? Very well, thank you. I'm good, thanks, Daniel. Fantastic. Pleasure getting to chat with both of you. Looking forward to sourcing both of your thoughts on this and uh, really getting a bit of a how it's made on Veter's VLMs. So let's go ahead and start by better understanding uh, the context for VLMs in today's various industries. Why are commercial end users needing a vertical lift machine today? What needs are most pressing based on what y'all have seen? So the view, vertical lift, lift modules are a fantastic solution for a vertical storage because they bring the density we need for that application. They also bring the accuracy because you're using servo motors technology. And at the same time, is a very elegant machine to have in the middle of your facility, if you, either if you're an industrial application or uh, a retailer. So as I said, if you're industrial, this machine is going to boost your operations. If you're a retailer like those big corporations, supermarket chains, etc., especially if programs like pick up online and buy online and pick up on store, uh, those machines are going to, to really uh, upgrade your operations. So as manufacturers of vertical lift machines, how have these industry needs posed new challenges or new opportunities in the design and creation of your new hardware? Connect some of those dots for us. Well, everything nowadays is integrated some way or, or other. You cannot imagine, we have refrigerators with uh, internet access nowadays. I'm not exactly sure why, but, but they are available. And if you see a VOM and new technologies like uh, remote access for, for a better service, so we can actually service our machines remotely if this is uh, required. We also have uh, an inventory control inside of the machine, so very precise uh, information. Real da data is available for whatever need we may have. So considering Industry 4.0, which is the new trend, we want to have robotics. We want to have a picking arm automatically selecting components without a necessarily a man interfacing that operation. 
now the technology is in place. If NVIDIA VOM is definitely fully aligned with the future. All right, let's get a little more specific now. At Veter, your team has designed a new VLM for the marketplace. So just for a little context before we get into the actual technical specifics, what are some of the main features of a more traditional vertical lift machine? And where do they succeed, in your opinion? And also, where do they fall short? What we've seen uh, and what we're striving towards is is, uh, a more accurate machine that is easier to set up in the field. I think a large uh, portion of the market uh, takes quite a long time to set these machines up, and we've taken a lot of effort to make these VLMs uh, installable in three days or less. And I think we're, as we're learning and as our team is learning, we're getting very close to that uh, to that goal. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty high-end work, whereas we're not uh, in the middle of somebody's production facility for one to two weeks at a time, depending on how many of these we're putting in. Uh, I think that's pretty big. And I think throughout the industry, we see, you know, everybody's attempt at a VLM has different uh, different technologies used and, and some of them have uh, advantages and disadvantages. And I think that by jumping into our servo motor application, we've negated a lot of the problems that previous manufacturers have had to engineer around by increasing our accuracy we can negate a lot of the uh, needs for very expensive positional encoders, etc., given our scheme. And I don't know too much more about competitors or, or other VLMs beyond, uh, you know, just general brochure reading. So I don't know how far to take these comments, but... I think you hit the nail, Brady, uh, when you said accuracy. So because Vida is using uh, servo motor technology, we do have the accuracy we want to have on that machine. And today we're we're offering a basic machine, but tomorrow we may have a customer that wants to fully integrate with many other robots or other technology, and we'll be there for them. But at the same time, Vider brings the simplicity of a chain-driven uh, machine. With minimum training, anybody can uh, service and detect any potential problems with uh, chains, and it's a very, very reliable product. I believe what Vider is doing very well is combining uh, both worlds. So as simple as can be a machine, and at the same time, bring the accuracy when we need that accuracy. And how did the current landscape of vertical lift machines, basically what y'all just broke down, motivate uh, your team's desires to refresh the VLM concept? What were some of the specific areas that, as you decided to build a VLM from scratch, were most important to you to get right? What we've seen in other models and, and you know from other manufacturers, we see sort of a little bit of overselling and capability, uh, whereas we've seen machines stall and we've seen machines uh, you know not not be able to do exactly what the sales brochures have said whereas Veters is sort of undershooting its its ability we're, we're hiding the fact that we can not really hiding but we're saving our big guns we've got pretty heavy duty capable motors in these things and we're using using a portion of it so kind of to finish that thought our machine has no problem lifting 1200 pounds because it's probably spec for closer to 2000 right now we're limited by mechanical and steel on our capability, but as we progress moving forward, we'll have the ability to go into heavy-duty models, heavy-duty hardware, etc. Our promise and our sales and our, our specifications that we're putting out to our customers are more than met, and I think they're going to be very happy with that moving forward. In terms of motivation of our team here, 
uh, there's nothing more exciting than developing a new product for engineers. Definitely VOM was our playland and has been our playland for, for about two years of development on this machine. And we are we have the ability to touch on technology that we we didn't use in a day-to-day here at Vitor in the past. Nowadays is our reality. So we're expanding this technology to old older products like carousels, for instance. Carousels for some applications getting very sophisticated and now have the ability to to do the re- reverse flow. So from the VOM technology, we're bringing back to basic machines as well and make those machines more technological with for specific applications eventually. All right, let's go ahead and get into those technical specifics then, because this is where y'all uh, can really geek out a bit. So let's jump in. Uh, can you go ahead and break down the main mechanical and electrical differentiators of your vertical lift machines? Feel free to get specific and technical here. Well, maybe I'll start with the mechanical, Brady. And mechanical, there's nothing really new on that machine. We are using technology that has been in place for many, 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 uh, maybe a hundred years. But the way we're combining that technology with electrical and automation, that's what makes it special, right? So now we have uh, many, many sensors that will provide real data, real-time information about the status of the machine and and many other ones that I'll let Brady explain. Yeah, and I, I think that's exactly right, Demetrius. What we've done is... Uh you know, me- mechanical is what it is, and, and it needs to hold weight, and it needs to be able to move weight. But what we've done with these servo motors is we've sort of reinvented uh, reinvented the use of high-position motor drive and position sensing. So it's pretty neat. The VLMs, when they ship out, are essentially the same footprint in all cases. But the, the big piece of variability is the height. So we hope that we can take these machines, uh, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 feet now and beyond that multiple story buildings in the future. And no matter what uh, height we ship out, the base that we've created is the ability to basically have the machine learn itself on a whole and dynamically adjust to the available storage positions. And how we do that is the use of uh, proximity sensors, encoder registration of the values. As the machine learns its uh, bottom, limit of travel we then send the elevator on a vertical ascent and on four corners of the lift we have laser sensors that are essentially sensing each rail edge as the lift ascends all the way to the top and as the lift gets to the top it hits the top proximity limit so in that very simple motion we've now learned our entire height of the machine and we've learned exactly where every rail edge is with relation to the top and the bottom so it's pretty neat to go beyond that. We're dynamically creating storage positions as each rail edge is sensed. So it's quite heavily automated. And it took a lot of uh, engineering and automation to come up with that scheme to make it simpler for install in a field. So circling all the way back to the machine's ability to learn itself, it doesn't matter the height our customer is asking us to attain uh, our machine is capable of doing that no matter whether it's 15 or 40 feet right and further to that the, the machine itself and its components within it are fully networked on its own isolated network beyond that what that what that does is allows us to troubleshoot remotely by introducing a vpn cloud appliance and we work with our customer to have them supply us with a safe 
internet connection that that they've deemed safe on their local internet infrastructure to our device. And through the use of the cloud, we can remotely log into each VLM that we have sold. And we can, as the customer is reporting problems or we are finding problems ourselves and providing updates or just general health and maintenance uh, check-ins, we can access those machines all over the world through the interweb safely using a, a VPN and cloud application. And I just want to make a correction here on, on the mechanical challenges, let's put it this way. The technology is old. There is nothing new, a chain-driven uh, machine. But every single step of that development was extremely well calculated. So that machine is made to be reliable. That machine is made to be easily manufactured. Uh, that machine is meant to be easily serviceable as well. So you can get inside of the machine and reach every single part of the machine basically very easily. And one eye-opening uh, moment, uh, I was in a different location installing a, a, another a carousel in our customer. And that customer had bought a VOM from one of our competitors. And that machine took four weeks to be installed. When we decided to develop our VOM, we said, guys, this is not what we want to uh, deliver. We don't want to cause disruptions for our customers' operation for four weeks in a row, right? So we designed this machine to be assembled in less than a week. And at this point, we are installing a machine in about four days. And our goal is to get this to three days. So hopefully that's going to be our next uh, podcast in a few months from now. How do these technical and mechanical differences affect the engineers who are working on the machines, specifically their workflows, any of their servicing operations, et cetera, et cetera. Any dots to connect there? We spent a lot of time specifically on sort of feeding off of Dimitri's last comment. We're having these things install in a field faster. So what we did is we had to look at it from, from that point of view of installation time and, and efficiency. So what we did was we brought came back to the drawing board essentially and we, we said, how do we trim installation time at, at the customer? And what we came up with uh, specifically in the electrical side of things is a quick connection of all sensors and quick connection of all electrical interconnections. So we have sensors and electrical running throughout this machine that after it leaves Vitor is fully assembled and just has to be put into place and quick connections. So how does that help us in the field? Well, now we don't have the requirement for a fully staffed engineering team to be on site for installation because these items are now quick connect and they're labeled accordingly and you, you can't have crossed wires and they've been factory acceptance tested here at Vitor for a high level of accuracy. And we're confident sending out our installers to essentially put this, the square peg to the square hole. So throughout the machine, these quick connect devices, even though they cost a little bit of money up front, allow us to trim that tail end off the installation time uh, huge. Otherwise, you know, we've got 10,000 wires in this thing and asking somebody to terminate those is quite a daunting task. This way it leaves Vitor complete, tested, and ready for install in the field. Now, how about on the flip side? How do these the mechanical and technical differences affect the end users in their day-to-day -day use of their vertical lift machine? And if there's any specific industries you can use as reference in your answer, I think that'd be helpful as well. Well, I would say a good vertical solution machine is the one that the customer don't note that it's on their, don't note there is in their facility, right? So they want to have a machine that 
when they press the button, the machine goes wherever they, they need to go. And in that way, a simple machine with very accuracy, very high accuracy, it's what the customers want. And, and I hope the word impact doesn't apply here. They are going to not going to see any any relevant need for, for a deeper contact with Vitter for service or anything like that. But even if this happens, we'll be there for them and, and there will be a, a, a ability of remote access that machine so we can diag- diagnostic everything uh, software-wise. We can upload new software. We can run that machine remotely if that's the, what customers allow us to do. And perhaps we can talk a little bit more about future customer needs. Today is a machine that storage parts and and bring back those parts to for an operator. Tomorrow, they may want to integrate with uh, robots or, or anything more sophisticated. So and the technology is in place already, so as I mentioned before. So it's just a matter of uh, combine that need, the special need, and we can easily customize that machine for the customer. Are there any other anecdotes that you have based on your time uh, working in the field, working with other clients, where you can point to how you've seen vertical lift machines meet all of these specific industry needs? Any specific customers or impacts that you can point to and reference? Yeah, uh, I've been in the field doing an install locally here in Manitoba. And uh, there was a point where we did the installation and we came back to do basically a customer service visit and finalize some product details. Uh, And one of the things they found or were reporting very quickly is that we filled our machine. So we were concerned about that. So I, I crawled in there uh, safely, of course, and I looked and they, they absolutely had filled their machine. So I was surprised. I said, well, I don't understand this entire storeroom is kind of still looks the same as to when we installed it. I thought I'd see a lot of the static shelving disappear and the parts on it. And, and they said, no, you don't understand. We put an entire shed full of parts into this machine in less than a week. So they've cleaned up now a remote location in their yard and brought all those parts that they used to have to go for walks through snowy, snowy yards to go and get. Now is in the building, warm and at the touch of their fingertips to retrieve. And uh, even later in that day, the general manager of that business came up and essentially had the same reaction that I did. And uh, they said, no boss, the shed is empty. It's all on this machine. And he went, holy smokes, that's amazing. (laughs) So I think it was a good accomplishment and a a good anecdote for how much these machines can store and and how you make something like you want to get parts in uh, Manitoba, Canada, uh, a little more enjoyable than a minus 40 walk to a tent shed. That's a good point. And you know, we also ex- experienced the same thing with our own internal prototype. The first prototype we made, we started emptying static racks and loading that machine. And that machine get, we empty all the static, static racks in a heartbeat. And that machine was maybe 30% full. So it's a lot of... Uh, hardware and components that can go inside of the machine and we we are not going even to notice that all right just to give y'all a little space to uh, geek out a little bit more on some of the uh, technology work that you've done for your vlms of the specific technical decisions that shaped veter's vertical lift machines which are some of your favorites or the ones that um you know really get your wheels turning the most and why well i like the idea of uh, using servo motors uh, on this kind of application this is I don't I don't know if there's any any customer or competitor using this technology for this application. We are probably the pioneers on that, and I 
I think was a solid decision. Uh, that machine, uh, that technology gives us enough power or more than enough and enough feedback as well to be precise where we want to be. So it's really hard to keep using old technology in newer applications going forward because once we experiment that, you don't want to go back, right? I think I'd like to mention the, the fact that essentially the machine is a fully incorporated automated system. We're pretty happy with the hardware we're using on our partnership with Schneider. We've stretched the ability of some of these items to the point where Schneider was impressed with us uh, as far as the limitations that the, some of their HMI software you know, experiences and, and our programmers locally here have taken their, their HMI programming beyond what Schneider themselves were expecting us to do. Um, so the, there's a big shout out to our programmers for setting this machine up to function sort of like a PC based standard in the industry. Um, the touch and feel of the HMI is very similar to what you might find in iOS or, you know, Android usership, uh, save windows, close windows. It just is very intuitive when you're using it. And we find that our customers and even some of the older store room workers that may be, you know, 50 or 60 years old are finding the ease of use here with this product. Uh, further to that, the VLM, I think we should circle back to the use of height detectors and the decision of the VLM dynamically to make safe storage location selections. Every time that a load traverses from the access point into the machine, a light array is measuring the height of the tray contents and then looking into its own database for a safe storage location for this payload. So even though a tray one, two, three is pulled, it may not ever go back to the same position depending on the orientation of the payload that you put on that tray. So I think that's pretty neat. And I think dynamically to create that, uh, we have to give a pretty big shout out to our automation team for accomplishing this, this task, you know, and uh, it's definitely worthy of a mention. All right, Dimitri, Brady, we're just about done with our conversation here for the day. Last main question I've got for you is future focused. So how do you see future vertical lift machine solutions and therefore your coinciding engineering work continuing to evolve and for what reasons what do you see as the main motivators for evolving vlm solutions i think that taking these vlms into uh industry in north america they're going to quickly be recognized for their advantages in a, in a warehouse and i think that the customers are going to buy one and see the advantage uh, and then two three and four models might be ordered for the same area in fairly quick order. And I think the networking and, and this ability for those machines to work together is a very short, immediate need in the future. So we're currently developing that um, moving forward. Beyond that, I think uh, robotic picking or robotic uh, vision sensing picking may quickly come into focus here. As we go forward, not having an actual person standing in front of the machine populating or executing a pick list, I think will be something that we're looking at in the very near future. And if uh, whatever you're picking off that machine can be placed upon a cart that just travels to the person who requires it throughout the warehouse by use of an automated guided vehicle, I think it could be uh, interesting in our very short future too. Very good answer. I would just add uh, the ability to integrate with other systems as well. This is something that is not in our radar, and pretty soon we are going to de deliver on that. So if you have a operation that needs to receive feedback of inventory in real time or, 
or you want to select remotely how, which parts machine needs to deliver, this is going to be in place in a near future as well. Yeah, I think that's that's a very good point, Dimitri, and that a lot of larger companies already have an ERP system and they're not interested in, you know, reinventing the wheel every time. So that's one thing I think Vita does very well is works with the customer's pre-existing components and we integrate into their system rather than trying to reinvent their systems. And that does it for our conversation today. Thank you so much to both of our guests, Dimitri Caldera and Brady Paulson. Again, Dimitri is Director of Engineering and Brady is an electrical technologist, both with Veter. I appreciate both of y'all's insights today on the podcast. It's really been a pleasure so far. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Daniel. And before we sign off, if folks want to find out more about some of the work that Veter is doing around VLMs, whether that is to source y'all's solution or just to uh, get some more resources on whether or not a VLM is right for their organization, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? We're going to have a few people after listening to this Google what a VLM is and what it looks like. So we've got an excellent uh, resource online at our website. And if they have questions beyond that or, or you know, how, how a VLM will help them in the future, I think uh, a quick call to our sales or our, using the contact us buttons on that website will get them in touch with our very high powered sales staff and, and uh, they'll be able to technically answer whatever question you'll have to throw at them. And the great part about working for Veter is sales staff work just down the hallway, so it's very easy for them to pull in engineering and for us to solve uh, any inquiries or special requests that they may uh, encounter very quickly. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. Always a pleasure. And thank you to everyone listening to today's episode of Vertical with Veter, a Veter Solutions podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're going to our website, storevertical.com, or subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. Music.